You can't open a newspaper or turn on a TV without hearing the bad news about what's happening in the Middle East. But there's another story to tell, the story of how God is using terrorists to drive Muslims toward Christ. ISIS make the picture clear for the Muslims what Islam is standing for. Muslims are seeing the true face of Islam, and they're looking for something else. Her life was totally changed by reading the New Testament. We'll hear these stories and learn how Christians in the region find strength to stay and serve Christ in spite of the danger. Every day and every moment we should be looking and focusing on Jesus. Without that, we cannot survive. Hear firsthand how God is at work in Iraq right now on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. Welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. I'm Todd Nettleton, and I'm glad you're with us this week because you're going to hear some exciting stories that you won't hear on the evening news, stories about what God is doing in the Middle East. We've got a very special guest this week. I'm not going to tell you his name in order to protect his security, but I will tell you that he's the pastor of a church in northern Iraq, and he's one of our VOM partners in the region. Pastor, welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you very much. One of the things that struck me, and I was in northern Iraq uh, just about a year ago, had the chance to visit you and see your church there. Uh, One of the things I'll always remember about that conversation is that at the end of our time, we said, okay, we're going back to America. We're going to talk to Christians there. How can we pray? And the first thing you said is pray that God will call people to stay and work with us. Tell us about that prayer request and why that's important and and why that's still on your heart today, that God would call the church in Iraq to stay. Because the Lord is very clear about it. Uh, The church in Iraq is the light and the church in Iraq is the salt for the nation and for the the land. If if you take the light and the salt from the land, then there's no meaning for this this land. And and the judgment of the Lord will going to be directly punishing the people who are staying there because there's a lot of bloodshed. So what will going to stop the judgment of the Lord on this nation if the church is not there? And this is from the Bible. Abraham, he prayed and he said, keep the Sodom and Gomorrah. And there was no righteous people to keep it. So if the righteous people, righteous people in Iraq, we're going to keep Iraq. We have seen darkness now, but the darkness will going to increase if the people are leaving. What has happened in your church? Because I know, uh, you know, just speaking practically as a husband, as a dad, there's so many reasons to leave. There's so much danger. There's so much hardship. How has your church responded? To be honest, a lot of people, they thought about their children, the family, and this is something normal as a human being, and we take care of our family. And this is a, a, a command from the Lord to take, to take care of the, our family. So they thought about there's no hope in Iraq. A lot of them left, uh, left the church, and not because they left the church, they are angry, but they left the church, and they left the country to go outside to find a better opportunity for living. 
Um, we responded to that by preaching and bringing in more people and coming to the Lord. So the people who are leaving the country also, they are going other places, and I met them when I travel, if I travel. So they are ministering in other churches outside outside uh, Iraq. How hard is that for you as a, as a pastor to see people in your church that are leaving? You know, the relationship that you are, you are building with them for years, it's not easy for them just to leave. It's not just they left the church. They are leaving and they are taking part of your heart with them. Every time you are saying goodbye for, for someone, you feel sad, you feel de- depressed, but you get encouraged by the Lord again. And I know that that same pressure is on you as well. It, it's, it's not safe for you. It's not safe for your family. And I know you have family outside of the country who are saying, hey, come and move in with us. How do you withstand that temptation to go where it's comfortable, to go where it's safe, and instead to stay in Iraq where it's hard? There's so much danger. I usually ask the Lord if he, if he wants me to stay in Iraq or be outside Iraq. And every time, you know, the Lord, when he told me to stay in Iraq in 2001, we wanted to leave as a family, but things happened and the Lord prevented that to be to be happened. We repented in front of the Lord. We tried. And my wife, she was in jail for, for 20 days in another country. But she came back and uh, we repented and we said, Lord, we we're going to obey you from that day. And the Lord told us to start the church. And we started the church with a few families and some single ladies and the church grew up. And uh, now if we want to take another step, we tell him, Lord, I, we know that you didn't change your word in the beginning. You told us to say, so we are staying. So we get encouraged from the Lord. We're talking this week on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio with a pastor from Iraq. It sounds like your wife is very much with you in this, that, that it is a, a partnership between you both to serve the Lord there. Yeah, without her, I cannot do anything, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> One of the good parts of the story, and you've said, you know, it's hard to see people in your church leave. Uh, one of the good parts, though, is how God is bringing more people into the church. Tell us a little bit about how you're seeing new people come into the church almost every week. Yeah, a lot of people are coming to the church now, and the church is full. You know, we have you know, dramatic change to happen. A lot of people left, but now the church is still full. People are coming. They saw the fruit of the church and the people who are ministering to them. We reached a lot of people uh, by supporting them with food and blankets, many, many things that they needed. You know, in one day, our city, 35,000 people came in. And in our city, there was 35,000 people. So doubled in size in one day. In one, one day. One day. They, they flee from ISIS in one day. Wow. <laughs> So, I mean, that's basically that's the size of Bartlesville, yeah. about 35,000 people. Yeah. So in one day, the population doubled. doubled. And I was there about a month or two after that, and people were everywhere. People were in the parks. People were in empty buildings. People were everywhere. That's right. How has the city responded since then? And particularly, how has the church responded to all those people coming in? The response of the city was very good. They opened the schools for them, and churches building were open for them to stay in. But uh, we wanted to work with them spiritually as a church. So we provided food, but also we provided for them the, the, the hope that's in, 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 the, in the New Testament and, and the Old Testament, like in G- with Jesus Christ. If they don't accept Jesus, so... I usually tell them, if you are taking food for, uh, this is good for one day or two days, but 
if you take Jesus Christ in your heart, this will gonna affect the whole your life and your eternity. So we are trying to give them food in one hand uh, and also telling them that they need Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And when we offer the good news for them, they accept Jesus joyfully because they haven't heard this message before. They thought that they were going to be saved because they they born as a Christian. But now they understand why Jesus was put on the cross for them. You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. And most of these people who are refugees, most of them... We, they would say we're Christians. We're not Muslims, so we're Christians. But they've never heard that message before, have they? It is completely new to them. It's completely new to them because, you know, and, their, and unfortunately from some of the churches that they have been uh, with, they are not encouraged to, be, to read the Bible. And if you don't read the Bible, so you are, you are a blind man. And... Uh, the first thing that we do, we encourage them to read the Bible and we quote a lot of verses f- for them and then share with them about Jesus Christ and what he has done for them. And uh, I tell them one thing, we have, like, you have been left your city because ISIS came in, but if we want to go back, this is in our hand. And they tell me how this is in our hand. I say, if we kneel down and pray and ask forgiveness and repent, and uh, he will gonna heal our heart, and he will gonna heal heal our land also. So we're gonna be able to go to go back to our homes. What are the stories that you hear about ISIS? When, when ISIS came in, what are the stories that you hear from these Christians uh, about what happened? You know, people came to to the church, and they start to share very bad bad things happened with them. A family came, they have seven daughters. The eighth one, she was two months when they left at that night. And they, it's, you know, the, 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 the driving distance is one hour, but th- it took them 12 hours to get there because everybody at the same time uh, left. L- left. So their daughter, she became sick in, during the, this, this trip. And after six, day, six days, she died. So what, what are you going to tell a family like that? Uh, and another guy, a blind guy, his daughter, she heard that there's a problems, so she went back from Turkey to to stay with her father, and ISIS came. The father was went with the neighbors, and she stayed there, and she was captured by the by by ISIS. Another family, three years old daughter, has been taken by the prince of one of the ISIS groups, and he said, "You sh- the daughter sh- can stay, and the father and mother can can leave." the house so stories like that when you hear i'm speechless i cannot say anything i tell them i can do one thing i can pray for you and when we pray they start to uh, tears come down and i feel that there's something happening in their in their heart and they uh, really the holy spirit touched the, touch their heart because we we, we, we cannot say anything that will going to make them comfortable rather than tell, telling them about jesus and the good news and the hope so when they hear that that message, they do have some hope. I, I mean, they do respond because I just, you know, I'm imagining as a father, if your daughter is taken and you think of all the terrible things that could be happening, how how do you? And, and as you say, there, there's nothing you can say that will comfort that father. Only through prayers. When we pray and we believe that the Holy Spirit will going to speak to them and speak to their heart, 
yes, they get some hope in their heart. And this is very important for them to continue living in this bad situation. Without hope, they are, if they are hopeless, then... There's nothing. Nothing, yeah. What are some of the ways that Voice of the Martyrs has helped you to help these displaced people? We have been helped a lot by Voice of the Martyrs by providing shelter for a lot of them. We had 600 people uh, provided shelter for them. Uh, for the, we, we collected them from the streets, from the tents, and we brought them to a safe place where they can have uh, uh, good food, good shelter, away from cold and away from the heat. And also we provide uh, food for those people. And when they come to get the food, and this is very interesting, when they come to get the food, we distribute uh, food for them weekly, on a weekly basis, for 500 families weekly. Wow. And when they come to get the food, we take them up to the sanctuary, we preach to them, we tell them about the procedure, how we were going to do it, and what, what this, how, how this, the help is, is working. And then we share with them about Jesus Christ. And what was amazing for me, when I asked them if they want to pray with me, 90% of the people in the sanctuary, they stand up and pray and accept Jesus. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most wonderful thing happened. Yeah. I don't know the number, yeah. but I know the, the, the harvest is plenty and the work is, is, is amazing. They're clearly hungry for the message. They're hungry for the hope. Because it's the first time for them to hear something like that. I have been prayed for people. His, like Some of them were 30 years and 40 years, and they told me this is the first time for someone to pray for us and lay hand over us. And, and these are people who would say they're Christians. Yes. I mean, they would say, yeah, I grew up a Christian. Yeah. But it's the first time somebody's ever prayed for me. Yes. We've talked a little bit about how the Christians are responding. How are the Muslims responding to, to what's going on in northern Iraq and to, to ISIS, to the advance of ISIS? I usually say, you know, Jesus has a big net. This is what I, I see and imagine. Jesus Christ, he has a big net to get the fish. And ISIS is pushing those Muslims toward this net. <laughs> Uh, a lot of them, they see dreams and visions, and a lot of them, they are starting to questioning their faith, if this is true or no, or not. So a lot of them are coming to, to know Jesus Christ. I, I can say this, they are begging us to baptize them, begging us, literally. Muslims. Muslims, yeah. Wow. And I have baptized recently, before a few months, in the church, we have baptized 15 people. Out of the 15 people, eight of them, they were from Muslim background. Wow. We're talking this week on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio with a pastor from Iraq. And how is that different from, say, five years ago? Is it many more now uh, because of the advance of ISIS? Or Most people, they say uh, it's very bad for Christianity and the persecution is, is going on. That's right. It's very bad. Uh, and a lot of people are leaving Iraq. But the Lord is raising a new generation of believers and from among the Muslims themselves. Because ISIS make the picture clear for the Muslims what Islam is standing for and what Quran is teaching. So ISIS is saying exactly what and doing exactly what is in the Quran. And when you hear people saying and telling, this is not the true Islam, and they came to me, two families came to me and they told me, this is not the true Islam. I said, you are not a Muslim. And he was shocked. He said, how you are saying this? I said, because you are saying ISIS is not is the true Islam. You read your Quran. After negotiation, negotiation with them about that, the whole family, they asked me f to have a Bible. And wow. I, gave, I gave them Bible and they went out <laughs> happy, even for their children. So 
once they read the Quran, they understand that, that ISIS is Islam. They are living it out. They were reading the Quran before, but you know, there was a veil. They couldn't see it. But now because of the application is in front of their eyes and they see it on TV, YouTube, everything, everywhere else, now they understand. Now they are, they are seeing the picture. What's your biggest challenge as a pastor? We don't have enough labors for this great harvest. And the Lord told us, ask the, the, the Lord of the harvest to send more labors. But he said something else. After he mentioned that, he told to the disciples, he gave them the authority and and. Matthew 10, 5, he said, go and preach. So we are praying for, for more labors to come and work, but at the same time, we are not like just standing. We are going and preaching to the good news. And that's why the Lord, when we, he's seeing that people are faithful to the message and to his commands, he's sending people. He, he sent a guy for us from a Muslim background, true believer. He started a new ministry with some... Muslim, and now we have about 20 to 25 people with him in that group because wow. yeah, because we said yes to the Lord and we, we were going <laughs> to obey your commands. So you're praying for more laborers, but you're preaching the gospel while you pray, yeah. and, and you're seeing God answer those prayers. Tell us maybe one or two stories from those Muslim background believers about how God brought them to faith. I have one interesting story just recently happened. A covered lady, she came into the church and she said, I need baptism. The first thing, we were shocked. She's she, covered. She was wearing a veil? She, she's, yes, she's, she's fully covered. <laughs> Young lady, she said, I, I, need, I want to be baptized. So, and I, I said, but why you want to need? She said, because I'm a Christian. How come you became a Christian? She said, I was in the college and I met a Christian guy in the college and I was feeling sorry for him because he's going to hell, because he's a Christian. I felt sorry for him, and I wanted to tell him about the true faith, which is, as she thinks, this is Islam. She, she started to share with him, but this guy, he didn't know a lot about his faith. He, he's nominal Christian, but lo the Lord used him. He told her, I was going to tell you something. Go read the New Testament, then you, can, you, you come and talk to me. <laughs> she started to read the New Testament, and her life was totally changed by reading the New Testament. Wow. And... Because she came from a Muslim strong background, she was memorizing the Quran. But after reading the New Testament, she started to memorize the New Testament. And when I met her after six months, and this is amazing, after six months I met her, she, I was trying, you know, I didn't want to baptize her because I don't know her. I am just depending and relying on her word. And I was quoting scripture to her, telling her that baptism is like that. And she was quoting scripture and negotiating with me. Like a 10-year man, uh, <laughs> someone 10 years in faith. And I said, how come you know the Bible? She said, I'm memorizing everything from the Bible. Wow. After that meeting, we were convinced. I met her with another leader <laughs> from our church. We were convinced totally that she needs baptism, and yes, we were going to baptize her. We baptized her, but the family knew about that, and now she's in big danger. So please, if people are hearing hearing us, please pray for this situation. Please, please pray for people who are coming to the Christ because they are facing uh, great persecution. You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. You can listen to every episode of VOM Radio at www.vomradio.net. 
what is her family's response likely to be to that to the fact that she's come to faith they were very upset uh, because uh, they took the, the mobile from her the only communication with her the mobile they they have taken that from her and now th- we have heard that they are forcing her to get married to a to a muslim to a muslim yeah oh wow but we are praying for her and that's why she came and she was desperately wanted to be baptized and she was saying i am i am uh, ready to die for jesus and i will not going to de- deny my faith now, what kind of danger does that put you in, the fact that you baptized her? You know, our life is not our own, so my life is in his hand. I know this is not uh, an easy place to be in, but always we depend on his grace and mercy and his protection. But that also has to be encouraging to you to see how God works, and like you say, to see a fully veiled woman who's quoting the New Testament to you. That's, <laughs> that's the real encouragement. And when I see people like that, you know, that night I sleep very well and I sleep very happy because the heaven is, is rejoicing. Heaven Someone is has rejoiced. Yeah, heaven Amen. is rejoicing. And in that case, God used a very nominal Christian yeah. <laughs> to, just, to point somebody in the right just, direction. Just he told her, read the Bible. And when they read the New Testament, especially Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, most of them, they say, these words cannot be said by a human being. These words should be from God. Wow. Interesting. And by the time you met her, she had memorized that whole sermon, the whole Sermon on the Mount? Many, many things. She was quoting the the scripture, and uh, I couldn't believe that she's only six months in faith. And she, she was memorizing lots of things. Yes, Sermon on the Mount, one of them, and many, many things. How much do you worry about ISIS coming into the part of Iraq where you live? You know, I think that we are living on a volcano. We don't know when what we're going to explode. So we don't know the situation with ISIS, how we're going to be developed. But we are, uh, we are praying for one thing. Lord, this city is in your hand, and there's a remnant in this city. Please keep it to be a city of refuge for many, many people, because we have 1.4 million refugees in Kurdistan, Iraqi Kurdistan. So please keep it. And so from there, we were gonna, we are preaching and uh, people are coming to, to our city. They have big opportunity to know Jesus, to know you. So this is our prayers. And we, we ask for prayers for our nation. And you just, like you said earlier, you just, your lives are in the Lord's hand. So you, you just trust that his will is best. Sure. We're talking this week on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio with a pastor from Iraq. What is happening with all of those refugees? What's the long-term solution for them? I cannot see long-term solution rather than uh, making them return back to their cities. And that's why we ask uh, and we pray the countries who are fighting for uh, the freedom of, of other nations they should stand with this, with with the Christian in, in Iraq, and make it uh, possible for them to go back to their homes and to their lands. You know, it's very difficult for them to be in this situation. You know, they have they became used to this crisis, and this is something not good. This is the the heart is changing, right? And their mind is changing, and uh, like unless we have this message of hope, nothing else can help them. As we're praying for Iraq, how can we pray? As you started in the beginning, <laughs> for, for light and soul to, uh, to stay, to stay, to stay. Um, and also to, say for, to be more laborers coming to this area because the harvest is plenty 
And this is a great opportunity for the kingdom of God to be expanded in Iraq and a lot of people to accept him. And as we pray for you and your family and your church, how can we pray for you? Not to, not to be weak and to stay fast and um, strong in, in the midst of what's happening because we are human beings also. I, I, I get tired, we get burned out. Uh, so we need prayer, we need support, we need encouragement from the churches around the world, and which has been done in a great way, but uh, we hope for more relationship and more prayers together. We're talking this week on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio with a pastor from Iraq, and you mentioned that, that you get tired and you get burned out. How do you bounce back from that? I go to my room, close the door, <laughs> pray to the Lord, and I get encouraged. And when I was hearing the stories the, 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 for the refugees, usually I would do close the door and pray for 15 minutes and open the door again and start meeting start people. Again. Without that, I cannot, I cannot handle it. So I you really just have to go to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I need to get through another yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah. That reliance on the Lord is really how all of us should be. I mean, on a day-to-day -day basis, we should all be saying, Lord, okay, I need your help today. But in Iraq, it's, I think it's different, you know. In Iraq, day by day, I, I see ourselves like we are walking on water, and as Peter was walking on the water, and at the second that he, he was looking at the waves, he fell down, started drowning. This is our situation now. Every moment and every, like every day and every moment, we should be looking and focusing on Jesus. Without that, we cannot survive. What do you say when, when your family calls and your wife's family that's outside of Iraq and they say, it's too dangerous for you there, it's too dangerous for your children, there are churches in other parts of the world that you could come and be the pastor there, how do you respond to them? I hope that they uh, they can understand what we say because most of them, they are not believers. But what we say is, uh, this is our God's call for our life. And at the first time, He is responsible for us and He will gonna keep us. So we cannot say a lot, but what we say is that our life is in His hand and this is our faith and we should be uh, faithful in, in what we believe. In, in. what He's called you yeah. to do. What would your message be to American Christians? The same message that I preach in Iraq also, for, church, for the church to wake up. The Lord is shaking the church in Iraq. It's not only in Iraq, the Middle East, not only Middle East, but the whole world, because I strongly believe we are in the end times. And for the end times, the Lord should have his own generation who's ready for the end times. That's why the church in the whole world should be uh, waked up and onto the, their knees praying and asking, Jesus, come, Jesus, come. Not because, save us from what's happening, but Jesus, come because we are longing for you. We, we, don't, we, don't, we, we have not, no one else who can be with us. The love uh, relationship, that's with Jesus Christ that will gonna he help us to, to continue and be a witness for other people. So to wake up, the church to wake up. We shouldn't be asleep. We should fight for the right, right thing. Pastor, thank you very much for sharing. I encourage our listeners to pray for the work in Iraq. You can find out more, and you can find out ways to support what Voice of the Martyrs is doing at vomradio.net. Thank you very much, Pastor, for being with us. Thanks for having me. That's it for us this week on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. You can listen to our conversation again, as well as all other episodes at vomradio.net. 
iraqstudy.net. You can also send us a question or a comment about Iraq or other restricted nations. That's vomradio.net. Thank you for being with us. I hope you'll pray this week for Christians in Iraq and Syria and across the Middle East. Remember, what you see on the news isn't the whole story. God is at work. We'll see you next week on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.